This edition of Renegade Talk Radio is brought to you by MotorBunny.com, which exists to empower sexually creative experiences. The Motor Bunny is a motorized ride-on-top saddle vibrator that vibrates and rotates, giving you the ride of a lifetime. Similar products have been made famous by the Howard Stern Show, but Motor Bunny is committed to making it much more affordable to uh, hop on. Our program listeners get an exclusive $50 off code. So when you check out MotorBunny.com, remember to enter Renegade50 at checkout. That's Renegade50. You're listening to The World in My Eyes. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, 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 Renegade Nation Atlanta, and welcome to another episode of The World in My Eyes, where I get the chance to share all those crazy fucking voices in my head with you and what they say on a regular basis. And we have spent such a great deal of time getting so very, very intimate with each other. But in case you're new to the program, well, where the hell have you been? That's right. I am still the naughty mistress with the mostess, the melodic goddess, and the deviant diva, naughty Nicole Delacroix. And before we jump into today's topic, well, I want to remind all you naughty little listeners out there that the Renegade Talk Radio Network is growing every single day. We have got a brand new website and it is kick-ass. Seriously, make sure that you've got it bookmarked. And make sure you're checking out all the new and fascinating provocative shows that we have on the website because I promise you this, you do not want to miss what's coming up next. And hey, are you a budding podcaster? Do you think you have what it takes to join the Renegade Talk Radio Network? Well then, head on over to the website and sign up to show Richie what you got. That's right, Richie is going to show you how to do things right. And guess what? If he thinks you've got the right stuff, he's going to put you on Renegade. Alrighty, my little heathens, let's jump into today's topic because I cannot wait. And on today's episode of The World in My Eyes, we are doing something that I absolutely love doing. That's right, we're going to be honoring our veterans. So today's episode is dedicated to those who have served, those still serving, and those who have yet to serve this, this great country proud. That's right, my heathens. Today, we're talking Memorial Day. Now, I know Memorial Day is a quintessentially American holiday, and there's no reason in the world why anybody around the world can't take a moment to celebrate their veterans. So just because it's an American holiday doesn't mean you can't take a moment of your own time to celebrate your country. But we're talking about our country, so... American, we like to observe it on the last Monday of May, and we honor the men and women who have died while serving in the U.S. military. Now, it was originally known as Decoration Day, and it originated in the years following the U.S. Civil War. 
but it didn't become an official federal holiday until 1971. Many Americans observe Memorial Day by visiting cemeteries or memorials, holding family gatherings, and participating in parades. Unofficially, it marks the beginning of the summer season, but for nearly 150 years, Americans have gathered in late spring to honor the sacrifice of those who have given their lives in service. What began with dozens of informal commemorations of those killed in the Civil War has grown to become one of the nation's most solemn and hallowed holidays. From its earliest incarnation as Decoration Day to its modern-day observances, let's check out some surprising history and facts about Memorial Day. Now, I know that we said that it's only 150 years old, but you know what? Memorial Day and its traditions actually might have some ancient roots. Well, the first commemorative Memorial Day events weren't held in the U.S. until the late 19th century, the practice of honoring those who have fallen in battle dates back thousands of years. The ancient Greeks and Romans held annual days of remembrance for loved ones, including soldiers, every single year, festooning their graves with flowers and holding public festivals and feasts in their honor. In Athens, public funerals for fallen soldiers were held after every battle, with the remains of the dead on display for public mourning before a funeral procession took them to their internment in the Kiramikos, one of the city's most prestigious cemeteries. One of the first known public tributes to war dead was in 431 BC, when the Athenian general and statesman Pericles delivered a funeral oration praising the service and valor of those killed in the Peloponnesian War, a speech that some have compared in tone to Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg Address. And one of the earliest commemorations in the United States was actually organized by recently freed slaves. That's right. As the Civil War neared its end, thousands of Union soldiers held as prisoners of war were herded into a series of hastily assembled camps in Charleston, South Carolina. Conditions at one camp, a former racetrack near the city's citadel, was so bad that more than 250 prisoners died from disease or exposure and were buried in a mass grave behind the track's grandstand. Three weeks after the Confederate surrender, an unusual procession entered the former, former camp. On May 1, 1865, more than 1,000 recently freed slaves, accompanied by regiments of the U.S. colored troops, including the Massachusetts 54th Infantry and a handful of white Charlestonians, gathered in the camp to consecrate a new, proper burial site for the Union dead. The group sang hymns, gave readings, and distributed flowers around the cemetery, which they dedicated to the Martyrs of the Race Course. And this holiday's founder, well, he's had a long and distinguished career. Back in May of 1868, 
General John A. Logan, the Commander-in-Chief of the Union Veterans Group, known as the Grand Army of the Republic, issued a decree that May 30th should become a nationwide day of commemoration for the more than 620,000 soldiers killed in the recently ended Civil War. On Decoration Day, as Logan dubbed it, Americans should lay flowers and decorate the graves of the war dead whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet churchyard in the land. According to legend, Logan chose May 30th because it was a rare day that didn't fall on the anniversary of a Civil War battle. Though some historians believe that the date was selected to ensure that flowers across the country would still be in bloom. That would be pretty ingenious, wouldn't it? After the war, Logan, who had served as a U.S. congressman before resigning to join the Army, returned to his political career, eventually serving in both the House and the Senate, and was the unsuccessful Republican candidate for vice president in 1884. When he died two years later, Logan's body laid in state in the rotunda of the United States Capitol, making him one of just 33 people to have received that honor. Today, Washington, D.C.'s Logan Circle and several townships across the country are named in honor of this champion of veterans and those killed in battle. And Logan, well, he may have adopted the idea from an earlier event he saw in the South. Even before the war ended, women's groups across much of the South were gathering informally to decorate the graves of Confederate dead. In April 1886, the Ladies' Memorial Association of Columbus, Georgia, resolved to commemorate the fallen once a year, a decision that seems to have influenced John Logan to follow suit, according to his own wife. However, Southern commemorations were rarely held on one standard day, with observations differing by state and spread out across much of the spring and early summer. It's a tradition that continues today, Nine southern states officially recognize a Confederate Memorial Day with events held on Confederate President Jefferson Davis's birthday, the day on which General Thomas Stonewall Jackson was killed, or to commemorate other symbolic events. And yes, it didn't become a federal holiday until 1971. So, from 1883 until 71, well, guess what? people just did what they wanted. Americans embraced the notion of Decoration Day immediately. That first year, more than 27 states held some sort of ceremony, with more than 5,000 people in attendance at a ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery. By 1890, every former state of the Union had adopted it as an official holiday. But for more than 50 years, the holiday was used to commemorate those killed just in the Civil War, not in any other American conflict. It wasn't until America's entry into World War I that the tradition was expanded to include those killed in all wars, and Memorial Day was not officially recognized nationwide until the 70s, with America deeply embroiled in the Vietnam War. And it was a really long road from Decoration Day to an official Memorial Day. 
Although the term Memorial Day was used beginning in the 1880s, the holiday was officially known as Decoration Day for more than a century when it was changed by, by federal law. Four years later, the Uniform Monday Holiday Act of 1968 finally went into effect, moving Memorial Day from its traditional observance on May 30th, regardless of day of the week, to a set day, the last Monday in May. The move has not been without controversy, though. Veterans groups concerned that more Americans associate the holiday with first long weekend of the summer and not its intended purpose to honor the nation's war dead continue to lobby for a return to the May 30 observances. For more than 20 years, their cause was championed by Hawaiian senator and decorated World War II veteran Daniel Inouye who, until his 2012 death, reintroduced legislation in support of the change at the start of every congressional term. And more than 20 towns actually claim to be the holiday's birthplace, but only one has federal recognition. For almost as long as it's been a holiday, there's been a rivalry between who celebrated it first. Boylesburg, Pennsylvania bases its claim on an 1864 gathering of women to mourn those recently killed in Gettysburg. In Carbondale, Illinois, they're certain that they were the first, thanks to an 1866 parade led, in part, by John Logan, who two years later would lead the charge for an official holiday. There are even two dueling Columbus challengers, one in Mississippi, one in Mississippi the other in Georgia who have battled it out for Memorial Day supremacy for decades. Only one town, however, has received the official seal of approval from the U.S. government. In 1966, 100 years after the town of Waterloo, New York, shuttered its businesses and took to the streets for the first of many continuous community-wide celebrations, President Lyndon B. Johnson signed legislation recently passed by the U.S. Congress declaring the tiny upstate village the official birthplace of Memorial Day. And Memorial Day traditions, well, they've evolved over the years. Despite the increasing celebration of the holiday as a summer rite of passage, there are some formal rituals that are still on the books. The American flag should be hung at half-staff until noon on Memorial Day, then raised to the top of the staff. And since 2000, when the U.S. Congress passed legislation, all Americans are encouraged to pause for a national moment of remembrance at 3 p.m. local time. The federal government has also used the holiday to honor non-veterans. The Lincoln Memorial was dedicated on Memorial Day 1922, and while its origins have little to do with fallen soldiers, the Indianapolis 500 has certainly become a Memorial Day tradition of its own. This year marks the 101st time the race will be run to coincide with the holiday. All right, my dear sweet listeners, well, it's time for us to honor our sponsors and maybe check out a little music while we're at it. You're listening to The World in My Eyes. I am still Naughty Nicole, and you're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. So go grab yourself some American flags, make sure to get some barbecue, and maybe a few red poppies, and meet me back here after the break.
fellas. Didn't get what you were hoping for from Santa Claus this year? Looking to add a little spice to things in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about an adventurous new adult toy or movie? Well, then we have an offer that you won't be able to resist. Go to toysforpleasure.vegas and, for a limited time, you'll get 20% off store-wide and we'll even throw in free shipping for any order above $100. And no, we're not teasing. So check out toysforpleasure.vegas today and use special offer code BABE69 upon checkout and make sure all your adult fantasies come true with toysforpleasure.vegas today. Remember, use offer code BABE69, that's B-A-B-E-6-9, to receive a 20% discount on your entire order and give the gift that Santa forgot to give this year. And welcome back, Renegade Nation Atlanta. If you're just tuning in, well, you're listening to the world in my eyes. I am still Naughty Nicole, and we're talking about Memorial Day. And while most of us see it as a great three-day weekend to kick off all of our summer and plan some barbecues and parties, what is Memorial Day really about? Now, I'm going to say this, and Renegade Nation, Americans, please do not disappoint me. You know why most of us have Monday off, don't you? So that we can actually honor those who have died in any American war. The brave who gave their lives so that way we may live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. Now, feel free to scarf down a few burgers and hoist a few beers, but do me one favor, Renegade Nation, and try to do at least one of these real Memorial Day traditions. And probably the number one on my list and the one that I'll be doing is visit a veteran's home. After the Civil War, the U.S. found itself with a large number of indigent and disabled veterans who couldn't care for themselves or go back to work. The first veterans' home was opened in 1864, and since, dozens have sprung up to give back to our vets. It's the least that this nation can do, but we as citizens can do more. Stop in and visit them. Chat with a vet for an hour or two. Bring your kids to say hello. Drop off a big plate of fresh-baked cookies. Do something to let them know that they have not been forgotten. And if you don't feel like chatting them up, well, you can visit the local veteran cemetery. Now, most graves are well-maintained by family members, but when they have no living relatives, that chore falls on the shoulders of local veterans groups. Lend a hand by bringing some flowers and helping to beautify a few of the less cared for graves. It's a great way to spend your day. Or, if you prefer, attend a parade. And I'm sorry, but this one's pretty easy. And it's a huge hit with your kids. It'll give the veterans marching back a big smile. So take your kids. Show them what it's about. Or you can attend a memorial service. Most veterans group 
They plan the events for the holiday. And they never say no to more participants. They love it. Bring your family. Show them what it's about. And if you can't do that, the least you can do is raise your American flag. Sometimes showing your thanks can be just as simple as flying old glory at your home. She should always remain at half-mast until noon as per tradition and then make sure she's at full-mast. And hey, you can honor the National Moment of Remembrance. Remember, in 2000, Congress addressed the fact that many Americans simply use Memorial Day as a day to eat hamburgers. I'm saying have a hamburger, it's fine, but make sure you take a moment to honor our American soldiers. They created the National Moment to make sure that our troops are honored. So at 3 p.m. on Memorial Day, every American is asked to pause for just one minute to honor our fallen. You can also hoist a POW or MIA flag. According to the Department of Defense, more than 83,000 Americans are still missing from World War II, the Korean War, the Cold War, the Vietnam War, and the 1991 Gulf War. Flying the POW MIA flag reminds people of their sacrifice and the sacrifice of their families as well. And hey, a great way to show your kids what America is about is visit a battlefield. Memorial Day owes its roots to the Civil War, and there are numerous sites up and down the East Coast where soldiers have laid down their lives for us. And you know what? Most of the time, they're doing a Civil War reenactment, and I know that you guys think it's boring, but seriously watching those men in action, it is amazing. I have myself been in several of them. I'm not going to tell you which ones. You can watch and listen to the National Memorial Day broadcast. That's right, it's broadcast on PBS and NPR. It's a concert on the West Lawn of the United States Capitol, and it includes music but also tributes to the men and women who gave their lives for this country. And hey, if you like social media like I do, make sure you share a photo of your beloved fallen soldier or airman or marine on Facebook or Instagram. It's a day about remembering after all, so make sure you share his or her story. So tell people about your family members. And now that you've got some great ideas on how to celebrate this great holiday, here are a few fast facts for you for Memorial Day. Even though numerous communities have been independently celebrating Memorial Day, remember, the federal government declared Waterloo, New York, the official birthplace of Memorial Day. They celebrated the first holiday on May the 5th, 1866. And remember, Memorial Day was celebrated on May 30th for decades, but it was in 1971 when Congress established Memorial Day as the last Monday in May and a federal holiday. Memorial Day was originally meant to honor military personnel who died in the Civil War. And by the way, for those of you that are not Americans or those of us who've forgotten our history, the U.S. Civil War was fought from 1861 until 1865. And roughly 620,000 Americans died in the Civil War, making it the deadliest war in American history. And that stands to this day. To give you an idea, 
around 644,000 Americans have died in every other conflict from the Civil War to current date combined. That's a lot of men and women. And President Bill Clinton signed the National Moment of Remembrance Act on December 28, 2000, designating 3 p.m. local time on Memorial Day as a National Moment of Remembrance. And it wasn't always Memorial Day. It used to be Decoration Day. So get out there and decorate some of those graves. And remember I told you about the red poppies? Well, red poppies are known as a symbol of remembrance. And this goes back into antiquity. It is a tradition to wear them in honor for those who have died in any war. So wear your poppy and wear it proudly. Even though Memorial Day began as a holiday honoring Union soldiers, some states still have Confederate observances. Mississippi celebrates Confederate Memorial Day on the last Monday of April, Alabama on the fourth Monday of April, and Georgia on April 26th. North and South Carolina observe it on May 10th, Louisiana on June 3rd, and Tennessee calls that date Confederate Decoration Day. Texas celebrates Confederate Heroes Day on January 19th, and Virginia calls the last Monday in May Confederate Memorial Day. And did you know the crowd that attended the first Memorial Day ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery was about the same size as those that attend today's observance, around 5,000 people. And by the way, you have to be invited. And just so that you can get a good idea, here are the number of casualties in each United States war from Civil War on. Well, we know the Civil War was approximately 620,000 Americans. The Union lost about 365,000 troops, and the Confederacy lost about 260,000. More than half of these deaths were caused by disease. So it wasn't us killing each other, it was disease that got us. World War I had 116,516 Americans that died. More than half of those were from disease. In World War II, 405,399 Americans died. In the Korean War, 36,574 Americans died. In the Vietnam conflict, which we refuse to call it the war, 58,220 Americans died. More than 47,000 Americans were killed in action, and 11,000 died of other causes. Operation Desert Shield slash Desert Storm had 148 U.S. battle deaths and 145 non-battle deaths. In Operation Iraqi Freedom, 4,422 U.S. service members lost their lives. Operation New Dawn had 66 U.S. service members that lost their life. And Operation Enduring Freedom, 2,396 U.S. service members that have given their life in service of their country since April of 2017. Now, I usually leave my quote for the end of the show, but this week I feel it deserves a more prominent position. And honestly, there's really only one way to end this episode. And that is in the immortal words of Peter Marshall. 
And for those of you that know me know that I'm not particularly religious, so it's meaningful that I'm actually using Peter Marshall. If you don't know who he is, he was a Scots-American preacher from the great state of Georgia where I live. And he became pastor of the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. But importantly, he was twice appointed to chaplain of the United States Senate. And I believe that he states it best when he stated, May we think of freedom not as the right to do as we please, but as the opportunity to do what is right. And with that, we've come to the end of the episode. And I thank you for joining me today, and happy Memorial Day. I hope you do take some time to reach out to me, because guess what? I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at my website, www.nicole-delacroix.com, or on Twitter at at Nicole Delacroix. Or, if you want, you can even email me at NaughtyNicoleRenegadeTalk at gmail.com. And on that note, that's all the time we have for today, and I do want to thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio Atlanta. And don't forget to tune in le- next time. Inten- until then, well... I guess we're going to see you next time, my precious little heathens. Happy Memorial Day. And to the veterans out there, thank you for your service. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.